When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com. And here with me, we have, um, we've, you know, kind of two special guests on this episode. Um, one we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, if you are if you follow, uh, <laughs> follow Niner Noise on Facebook, you saw that there was a little, like, hey, check out the podcast later this week for a special guest. I don't think this is the one that this is referring to, but we do have uh, with us our uh, fearless leader, Mr. Peter Panacee, back. Akshaz is uh, uh, otherwise disposed at this particular juncture. So, Peter, I appreciate you uh, joining us, and how you doing, man? Hanging in there. It's a it's a good season to join. So, you know, it's been a while since I've been on the <laughs> pod, but uh, I figure it's as great a time as any to uh, – to at least check in on things, make sure you got things in order. Well, yeah, I, th- I think we're, I think we're still humming along. Um, it's been it's been nice to uh, it it is always better, uh, when things are going well, uh, for the 49ers. There was a this has been a, a season of literal ups and downs. Uh, with the you know five game win streak, three game lose streak. Now we're on, now we're back up to six game win streak, and hopefully not another losing streak coming at any point, uh, throughout the rest of the season. But um. Obviously, we're here to talk about, among other things, the 49ers' 45-29 win over the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday. Uh, runs that winning streak, as I mentioned, to six games uh, on the bounce, as they say. Um, I believe this is also, if I'm not mistaken, their 12th straight win over an NFC West opponent, which is just absolutely crazy. Um is that do you know is that regular season or is that overall I think that's an overall number I think the last time they lost was the NFC championship game to the Rams back in what 21 I think that was so pretty good yeah, run. it would be overall it would be overall because it would include the Seahawks uh, wild card win mm-hmm. uh, last season so yeah yeah that's that's pretty crazy considering they've they've even when they were when they when they were having a good season in 2019 they weren't you know, running roughshod through the division and the, the fact that they have a chance to sweep the division for the second straight year, uh, depending on how things go over the course of the next couple of weeks is, is pretty cool. Um, obviously the, the week 18 game, depending on how things go over the next two weeks may mean nothing, uh, to the 49ers and everything to the Rams. And that may play out in a slightly different way, but, um, obviously the victory clinches the 49ers, their second straight NFC West title, which is, which is cool. Um, the, this is the, the first time that they've won the division back to back in, uh, since 2011, 2012, uh, it's been a very kind of, everybody's gotten a chance to win the division, I think pretty much since then. So, um, good to win that again. And then of course we had 
the drama of Monday Night Football last night as we record on that Tuesday was afternoon. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks, man, I, I have no idea how they won that game. Uh, they beat the Philadelphia Eagles 20 to 17 on a last second, not last second, actually, but it was like 35 seconds left to play. I, I have no earthly idea how they won the game. They was like third and 10, like four straight times on the, on the drive, on that final drive. And on the last one, drew lock of all people finds Jackson Smith, Najigba um, in the back of the end zone. And he makes a fantastic catch in the Seahawks win and do their uh, division rivals a little, uh, a little favor in allowing for a little bit more wiggle room in that uh, hunt for the number one overall seed. Um, you know, Personally, I would be all in favor of the 49ers winning out and not having to worry about it, but it's it's nice to have that. And that combined with the Cowboys' uh, loss, which uh, putting the word loss on that seems like underselling, but um, <laughs> to Buffalo, uh, that means that they they hold, you know, essentially a game and a half lead over both uh, uh, Philadelphia and the Cowboys. Um, and they hold the tiebreaker over Detroit as well at this current time because of their nine and one conference win. So at the very least, they have three losses on the season, but at least they they were smart enough to lose two of those games to AFC teams. So that was really good good foresight on the part of the part of the 49ers for sure. Yeah, if you're gonna lose a <laughs> out outside of the conference, and that's that's kind of the way to go about it. And you know, I mean, you think about this too when it sets up. Um, for the rest of the season, you know, the nice part about both Dallas and and, um, and Philly losing in week 15, the Niners only have to win two of the remaining three. Mm-hmm. Um, and with three games left, I mean, obviously this upcoming week on Christmas Day night uh, against the Ravens, who are also not 10 and 3, 11 and 3, yep. um, also 11 and 3 and top seed in their conference like that's i mean the preview for that game is gonna be rad that game's gonna be <laughs> epic yeah. but then it's washington and it's los angeles so i mean those are two variable very winnable games right by any margin and so i mean really the 49ers have effectively been gifted the number one seed in the way that it pans out from this point forward um you really couldn't ask for much better and, uh, you know, it's kind of like, all right, well, you know, what are all the tie-breaking scenarios? And you could dig into all of those. But, you know, if, if the 49ers win out, they don't have to worry about any of that. But even if they do lose a game and everybody else wins, Dallas, um, Detroit, and, uh, and, and the Eagles, then the Niners, as you said, still have that tiebreaker. So huge advantage. Great to see that on the, uh, the other side. And then, yeah, looking back to winning those two games against Dallas and Philly earlier, I mean, how big does that resonate, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, and, and not even just the victories themselves, but like you looked at the combined, so like, like 42 to 10, 42 to what, 19 or whatever it was. I mean, it was like a shellacking. So, um, yeah, message sent. <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely looking like the 49ers are doing everything that they can. Akshaz uh, uh, has been saying throughout the season, but he was saying it when the, before the year started that, the regular season for for a team like this is is all about staying as healthy as you can and making and setting yourself up for the playoffs as best you can. And it looked a little bit in the middle like they weren't going to be able to do that, but you know they put themselves in a situation that right now the worst worst case scenario seems like it's uh, obviously the three seed is the absolute worst place they could finish, but it doesn't seem very likely there. I think they have something like a. 98% chance like their their opportunity their chance of, of finishing with a top two seed is really high and then their 
I, I think I saw this morning it was like an 88% chance of finishing with the with the number one seed given what happened with Dallas and um, and uh, in Philadelphia over the weekend. And obviously Detroit's still there, but I think that nine and one conference, you know, it, if you're going to lose a game, I guess the the other game to lose of the of the three remaining would be the 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 one against the Ravens because then you don't have to worry about uh, the conference record, which is important here. But yeah, um, I think <laughs> given where we were. At uh, five and three, heading into the bye week, I don't, I don't think you could ask for much more at this point. No, and that one, it seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> Two, pretty much every championship team, I don't, I don't care what sport, what league, whatever, has some sort of adversity that they wind up going through. You know, um, I mean, I, I, I'm thinking to some of my Niners memories. I think probably the only team that didn't really face a ton of adversity. <laughs> Um, might have been the, uh, the 1989 49ers squad or the 1984 49ers squad. But I wrote an article about this a while back when the Niners were in the midst of that three-game losing streak and was like, hey, look, you know, look at some of these Super Bowl winning teams the Niners had before. It started off five and three or six and three or something like that. It's happened before, you know. And so, you know, so many teams do go through this sort of adversity, a little bit of a skid. You heard Richard Sherman talking about it and saying like, He's glad the Niners went through it then. You know, it's better mm-hmm. to get the wake-up call at that point than now. And it's like the Eagles are getting that wake-up call now, like right yeah. now, like the worst possible time, right? Like you watch a team that had one loss, the Niners broke them. <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, geez, just that everything's falling apart for them. You know, Dallas is still playing red hot until Buffalo, you know, throttled them. But, I mean, the same thing. It's like eh, – you run into that adversity when you're gonna when is it gonna happen? The Niners went through it earlier and it's just been a juggernaut ever since. And that's actually something when you talk about you know the, the offense and how everything's clicking. That's something that our special guest will talk about later. Mm. Um and, and we'll actually bring up as as kind of one of the differences of this team uh, of twenty twenty three in comparison to some of the other really good teams of uh of recent Niners history, you know, twenty nineteen, you know, last year, twenty twenty one, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, stay tuned for more on that. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. Uh, obviously you'll probably be seeing the the title of the the podcast by now and we'll know who we're talking about, but it's, we just like to, you know, keep it, keep it hanging there for a little bit. Um, so obviously lots of good things coming out of that. There's the whole, um, MVP conversation, which Akshaz just absolutely went off on last week <laughs> about how there's absolutely no way, uh, at this rate that Brock Purdy shouldn't be the prohibitive favorite. Um, he added some more accolades to to his case. Um, he had his sixth game with a passer rating over 130 or higher. Um, that's tied for um, most in a season um, with guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tony Romo, Russell Wilson, and then most bizarrely, Ryan Tannehill. Go, go figure. Uh, that was in 2019, which I believe was the season that he won the comeback player of the year from being coming back from being terrible at football previously um he's now got 13 career games with a passer rating of 110 or higher uh in his first two seasons uh that is now tied with justin herbert for most or for second most sorry in that same span uh has the opportunity to take to tie russell wilson who has 14 uh next week and then could actually um take the the uh the crown from wilson in the final in the final two weeks should he need to do that um so Brock Purdy uh, is just continuing to um, 
just make the case for him being amongst the the MVP leaders. But frankly, really, none of that really matters so much as just the fact that he's continuing to do the job that he needs to do from week to week. And he's well on his way to breaking the 49ers single season uh, record for uh, passing yards. Um, I don't think it's completely out of play that he gets uh, passing touchdowns. Uh, what's it? I think it's 36 is the, the single season record that Steve Young set. Uh, he's at 29. So I think it's certainly within play. You know, he throws uh, that's what seven touchdowns to go. So, you know, you need roughly two and a third touchdowns a game for the rest of the season uh, to break that record. Um, so, I mean, if nothing else, we're looking at, at, at a at a truly um, just historical season from a 49ers quarterback with a franchise that has has sported two of the the best all time. So I think whether or not he wins MVP or not, he's going to be this is going to be in in the conversation for like best 49ers quarterback seasons like ever, which is crazy to think. I had this whole rant prepared for this and <laughs> and and if it weren't for my my nose and my throat, my sinus and all that stuff like that, I would have gone off on it. <laughs> um, <laughs> fortunately, we've got, you know, when it comes to the doubt that, that Brock Purdy's facing, both in terms of MVP accolades and just, hey, you talk about if people want to call him a game manager or whatever, managing the heck out of things <laughs> right no kidding. now, right? Yeah, and our, our esteemed guest will actually have something to say on why he thinks people are are saying what they are. But, I mean, what is this? I, this just came up. Like, you know, Brock Purdy has three games this year where he's got four passing touchdowns without any interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's got three games so far this year he's done that. Nobody else in the league has more than one. Like there's there, there's this is from this is a stat from CBS Sports. I think there's 11 quarterbacks who are tied with with one of those types of games, four passing touchdowns and, and no interceptions. Brock Purdy's got three. So I mean, look, you can go in in like Cam Newton. I can respect what he you know he, he's qualified to speak on the subject. He's an MVP sure. who definitely elevated that 2015 Panthers offense that didn't have the playmakers outside of Greg Olson. You live out there. You probably remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so but man like <laughs> what more does Brock Purdy need to do you know I mean like he's either at the top or right near the top in virtually every passing category and sure yeah great weapons are around and again to to, to lead into our esteemed guest you know yeah sure there's weapons around there but pretty much most quarterbacks when they're playing well to quote <laughs> this guest there's got to be a lot of really good players around there to support too yeah right. that's generally the case right so um Anyway, I mean, like at some point, you don't just back into this. You don't just say, oh, yeah, I'm lucky. You know, okay, I've got a great head coach. I've got a lot of really good players around me. Yeah, sure, Brock Purdy does. But you've heard Aaron Rodgers say this. You've heard Tom Brady say this, Steve Young. You know, it takes someone to pull the trigger on those throws, to make the right decision at the right moment, to throw a ball with accuracy, or to make the right read at that right precise time. You know, and Brock Purdy's shown that he's got the arm strength and he's got the athletic ability you know i mean he's he's kind of shifty mobile um but what's constantly being said is that one he's cool under pressure and perhaps his best asset is between his ears where you know he just knows what to do with the ball he isn't afraid of taking risks but the risks are right i mean like oh yeah you know he's a five-yard dump off quarterback right I mean, like doesn't he lead the 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 league in like passer rating over throws over 20 yards or mm-hmm. or like 
you know, like his intended air yards or whatever the metrics are from next gen stats. Like, isn't he like up there at the top or like, yep. what is it? IAC <laughs> intended yeah. a, uh, I, like intended <laughs> air yards, completion percentage or whatever. Like, I mean, those metrics are there too. And so, you know, what more do you want him to do? But, you know, at the same time, as you will hear later in the podcast, there's probably some reasons why people continue to doubt him. But, um, Again, I, I recall back to when Tom Brady came out. And I'm not saying um, Brock Purdy is going to be the next coming of Tom Brady. That would be cool. But, mm. you know, let, we're not there yet. Uh, <laughs> but even early on in Tom Brady's career, even after his first couple of Super Bowl wins, people were like, well, he's still pick 199. Ah, it's just the head yeah. coach. It's just, ah, you know, it's a product of the system and some have really good players around him. I mean, never doubts around him, too. And um, I know Charles Davis on the broadcast, he uh, – he, he had his moments <laughs> one of those but at one time he did point out that it does take for talent evaluators when they're wrong about you know a late round pick or an undrafted free agent who suddenly just shines beyond all expectations it takes a little longer to embrace that to say okay yeah he's good so maybe that's just what we're witnessing here yeah. hopefully that i think i think there there is a lot of that um you know people have people who make these evaluations have egos too and they want they want to it's admitting they're wrong is probably difficult to do. Um, but part of the conversation, of course, is also that in, in the one, the major knock is not, is starting to come more around. I, I think the thing that I'm hearing more is that is Brock Purdy even like the, the most valuable player on his team. And that's where we get into like the Christian McCaffrey of it all. And of course that, that matters a lot. Um, he continues to set records on top of records. He is, three touchdowns away from tying uh, the 49ers all time single season record. He's a 20 total touchdowns. The record is 23. Um, however, <laughs> there is the caveat of the fact that Jerry, Rice set that record in 12 games, which is nuts. Like <laughs> any doubt who the goat is. <laughs> yeah, seriously. He scored basically two touchdowns a game for 12 games. That's, that's crazy. Um, uh, he is also uh, McCaffrey. Uh, over 1,200 yards rushing and 500 yards receiving. He's the fourth player in NFL history to record at least 1,000 rushing yards and 500 receiving yards in four or more career seasons. Uh, joins Marshall Falk, who did it five times, Thurman Thomas, four, and T.K. Bar Barber, four. That's an interesting addition to that note, to that list. Um, he has um, also joined the 6,000-4,000 club uh, in the first seven seasons of his career. Uh, third player ever to do that with uh, Marshall Falk and Roger Craig, who is pretty good. Um, fortunately, still not in the Hall of Fame. What's wrong with you people? Um, and then he's also the second player in NFL history with 30 career games with at least 50 rushing yards and 50 receiving yards, joining Marshall Falk again. He's Marshall Falk. He was pretty good at football. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, he also uh, ties the aforementioned Marshall Falk with most all-time games with at least one rushing touchdown and one receiving touchdown at 15. Um, and as I mentioned, three touchdowns away from tying the single season record for the 49ers in touchdowns this year. So um, if there is a, a you know difficulty, it's you kind of got to wonder is are there going to be people, people that are going to be like, all right, well, I think Purdy's the MVP. I think McCaffrey's the MVP. They end up splitting votes. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But man, I'm sure glad that Christian McCaffrey's on the, on this team. And even if it is a C minus uh, trade for the 49ers, it seems to be working out really well. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. ESPN wasn't like a total fan of it. I, I, I'll admit, I initially wasn't a big fan, but I was looking at McCaffrey's injury history and saying, "Great, all the 49ers need is another banged up running back." I have to admit, I was wrong on that. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, if we face the reality of it, like MVP is the quarterback award. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, and and I mean, if we go back to a time like the early 2000s where running backs dominated the league, then okay, cool, we can talk about changing it up. McCaffrey. Might be the best player on the 49ers, but he might not be the most valuable. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how that goes. I mean, yeah. you're getting into sort of existential conversations about what <laughs> what does an MVP mean? Sure. Um, look, it's a quarterback award, and then you know you look over at pretty much every sports book, and uh, Brock Purdy's the odds-on favorite. McCaffrey's there, but you look at his odds favorite, and it's like way far behind. Like he's mm-hmm. like sixth or seventh, but like it's like. Yeah, he's not like he's not <laughs> right. close to the top. Sure. Now, if you look at offensive player of the year award mm-hmm. favorites, he's right. Like he is the the guy. So yeah, it's him and yeah. him and Tyreek Hill basically. I think right, are your, pretty your two much. options. Yeah, pretty much. And so it's like, okay, this is you can see how that goes, and you know, it's just kind of how the awards turn into, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the other part too, and again, this will get into the previews later on this week on the podcast, but. A lot of that could come down to who plays better on Monday night between Absolutely. Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson. Because Lamar Jackson's right there at the top, too. I mean, you saw Jalen Hurts. He's kind of fallen out. Dak Prescott with what happened um, against Buffalo kind of fell out. So, yeah. No, yeah, that'll be yeah. that'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I, 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 I absolutely think. I think most – I think Pre- Dak is still kind of number two out of, like, just sheer lack of second option at this point but I, I certainly think Lamar Jackson especially on the national stage on Christmas Christmas Day night whatever it is that you want to say um it will if depending on how that game goes I think there's a, a certain a certain thing that can change the the whole conversation but um all right one last bit of news uh, from this game and it re- it revolves around a certain name that we haven't had to say for a long time because he's 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 he had a little rough patch in the middle um had a horrible preseason and all that kind of stuff. But Jake Moody um, actually set himself a, a record uh, on um, on Sunday. He now holds in the the record for most extra points made without a miss since they moved the the, the kick back to the 15 yard line. I think in 2015, if I'm not mistaken, um, 53 extra points, uh, perfect and counting. So, hey, you know. It, the less that we have to talk about the kicker, the the better. But I I just thought that was kind of a cool note um, that he's been he's been really consistent when when called upon in those particular cases. And we've certainly seen situations where that extra point can can matter a great deal. So it's nice not to have to worry about that. Even though him making one more field goal, uh, at, you know, maybe week six might have been super helpful at this particular point in the season. But we won't have to get into that. No, no. Hey, it's it's all right. Buffalo and, and Seattle pick, picked up Jake Moody for that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if those games didn't happen and they gone the other way. Then maybe we'd fret about it. But yeah, for sure. All right. Um, the the other kind of thing to, to, to talk about is obviously injury related stuff. Um, it seems like the 49ers managed to escape. Uh, it was man. There was just a run there where it looked like three of our most important players were going to just like that was it. Right. Brock Purdy goes down. I think it was a couple of plays later. Christian McCaffrey's messing around with his knee on the sideline. And then later in the game, Nick Bosa goes down because I think it was Randy Gregory got a little over aggressive with the offensive tackle for the for the Cardinals and kind of chucked him 
uh, across and kind of run them into, into Bosa. So three pretty big injury scares, but it seems like everybody's good. McCaffrey, no word on on anything, any problems there. Um, I think Purdy just ended up being like a stinger on his left on his left side, and Bosa said he had a little ankle twinge, but no big deal. So that's good news. Um, I believe Kalia Davis is the only um, name coming out of this out of this game that was injury related. That might be a kind of a longer term thing. Is that he's got an ankle. Uh, that he'll be dealing with, they'll be watching that. And of course, that will be really important uh, for uh, Sunday's game. And hopefully they'll get Eric Armstead back and, and Javon Hargrave back. And so Clea Davis won't be as in, as vital a person, uh, a player. I, you know, you hate to say that, but um, it's it's something to watch for sure. Because if, if he can't go and if Armstead's not ready and if Hargrave isn't ready, then that could be a real issue. Uh, heading into <laughs> Monday night's game. We'll talk more about why that will be a problem, obviously, a little bit later. But, yeah, I, other than that, it seems like they escaped with any major issues, which is good Good at this time of year. This is not the time that you want to be adding to your injury list, without a doubt. Yeah, and I think probably just kind of foreshadowing with Armstead and Hargrave. I know Kyle Shanahan yesterday during his presser said that uh, they both have a chance to play this week. Um, there was kind of an overture to it, and you never know what's going to go on in the free agent market, but somebody asked Shanahan if they were looking at a Dominican Sioux. Free agent mm-hmm. wants to come out, play for a contender. And, you know, at this age, you don't build anything around him, but, you know, it could be a, a rotational guy on the inside of the line. And then, you know, Shanahan said, nope, there's no conversations about that. There's, I mean, no news to report. That probably tells you enough about, you know, the status for both Armstead and Hargrave coming back that they're probably going to be available. You know, yeah. Arizona, yeah, it was a pesky little team for a little while, but like you're not going to want to risk long term injury in a game like that. It might be a little bit different here against uh, a potential wow. Super Bowl contender, but yeah, <laughs> sure. so probably a good good foreshadowing moving forward. All right. Well, that that will be good. Hopefully, everybody can take a selective, a collective sigh of relief. I know that they're, I I don't know about you, but the whole the whole season sort of flashed before my eyes when I when they show Purdy on the broadcast lying on the ground. I'm like, oh gosh, here we go. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then Sam Darnold comes in and chucks one over Kittle's. I don't remember who he threw it to his first. Oh yeah, it was Kittle on a like weird wheel route kind of thing. I was like, that was a horrible. And then he was throwing like. 100 mile an hour fastballs every time. I'm like, dude, calm down. <laughs> He's excited. Hey, at nobody, least I know he was, but nobody could catch the ball. At least it wasn't an underthrown ball, right? At least it wasn't this underthrown. Is true. <laughs> that could have been way worse. This is true. Um, all right. Well, speaking of uh, the game, we'll get more into the details of it as we as we always do. We'll talk about something that we liked and something that things that we didn't like. Um, I, have a, I have a strong feeling that our things that we didn't like are going to be very similar. But um, Peter, I'll, I'll start with you with something that you liked from this game, um, specifically uh, the win over Arizona. You know, I, I mean, it's going to seem pretty... I, I, I won't go with Brock Purdy, even though I really want to. Um, <laughs> at this point, I just, I don't know. I'm not surprised by anything the 49ers do really at this point on offense. It's just so explosive when it's clicking. It's like watching, uh, I would call it a ballet. So a violent ballet. Let's put it that way. Sure. Um, But, you know, I'm going to shout out Christian McCaffrey, you know, literally. And just it's it's 115 yards on the ground, 72 through the air. Um, I don't do fantasy football anymore. But, gosh, if you picked him, then you're just cashing in right now. No problem. Three touchdowns. 
the dude's just amazing to watch and it's his vision it's his toughness he's always falling forward it's just you 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 watch how the guy can pick up oh that's a tiny window there's no way he picks up more than three or four yards there next thing you know he's off for 10 and it's just like wow okay um i get the argument about him being you know an mvp right i totally get it and um yeah i would look and say all right hey he's uh he's phenomenal in so many different ways and really kind of this engine that drives you know the 49ers offense and um look 49ers run game has been really good before you know i mean raheem mostert was a stud when he was here um jeff wilson during his times was was a stud when he got a chance but this is like it's like the whole other level it's like wow okay um just watching what it's like to see you know multiple mvp (laughs) candidates on the same same offense at the same time like holy cow Um, yeah, I, I have to shout him out. I think that was one thing that was just fun to watch. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, close close in on 200 total yards of offense on Sunday, um, 115 yards on the on the ground and 72 uh, through the air, including one his was that his second touchdown reception, where I, I think ne- next gen stats had him at like 15 yards of separation um, between him and the closest player, which is just an absolute strange decision by whoever the defensive back was to just let, Oh, there goes Christian McCaffrey. Maybe I'll just let him go. He's fine. He's not, nobody's, he won't do anything back there. And he's just standing there by himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. a, there was a lot of those plays do in the game to do. too. Yeah. 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 We saw like Debo Samuel wide open. It was just like, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, the funny thing was I was listening to uh 49ers talk with Matt Mayoko and apparently Debo had said something about, about the fact that that play is like he was the goal. His role there was to look like he wasn't actually doing anything. Like he's just sort of, if you watch it, he's just sort of like lazily kind of wandering across the formation and then just kind of goes out into the flat and kind of wanders and nobody paid any attention to him. Uh, so pretty, pretty interesting, like taking, taking into account, you know, what a player might usually look like when they're not involved in the play. And then it turns out, well, actually, He's going to score a touchdown, but um, yeah, I mean, McCaffrey is, is, is incredible and it's really great to have him as part of this team and just the impact that he's had since he's been here. Um, they've lost what four, four times uh, since he's really been with the, with the offense. I don't think we can count that Kansas city game where he had been with the team for what, three days or something like that. Uh, but last season, but other than, and, and really, really just the three games, cause the NFC championship game, he was playing quarterback for a short period of time because they didn't have any so 
uh, take that for what it's worth. But, you know, when they've been fully, pretty much fully healthy and they've had a, a working quarterback and all that kind of stuff, it's it's been amazing to see what, what they've been able to do. Um, yeah, I mean, lots of good things there. I mean, we talked about Brock Purdy already. Uh, he played a great game. Uh, Debo Samuel had his um, third straight game with a, with a receiving touchdown. He had two on this particular game. His, his stats are not, like, fantastic outside of that. He had two catches for, or four catches for 48 yards and two touchdowns. But, you know, he continues to be – I think one thing that we learned during the losing streak when he and Trent Williams weren't there is just how important of a player Debo Samuel is uh, to this offense. Um and whether or not he's like touching the ball or being, or, you know, that sort of thing, <clears throat> the defenses have to pay attention to him. And I think that's, that's really a big thing. Uh, it opens up his, his presence opens up things for everybody else in this offense, be it, you know, Brandon Ayuk or George Kittle or, or Christian McCaffrey or shoot Kyle Juszczyk, who <laughs> had a couple yeah. of catches uh, in this game. But um, the other thing that I wanted to point out about uh, with the whole Purdy thing, I, I, think this is correct um this is the seventh time this season that he sat out all or s- some of the fourth quarter uh they've won 11 games uh and seven of them he spent some time in the bench at the end because the game was over already and Kyle Shanahan was like come on over and this is a guy who is like normally not like pull your starters kind of guy but the leads that they that they've built have just been pretty incredible um and then the other name, excuse me, the other name I wanted to point out was because uh, we haven't we haven't talked about the defense yet. And we're going to talk about the defense, I think, in a little bit. And we're going to say maybe not so great things. So I did want to point out Traverius Ward, um, two interceptions on the game and really just has. I don't know, since the since part of the success, I think, of this winning streak that they've been on since the bye has been his sort of. Like, I don't I don't know if it's just like a flipping the switch or something like that, but he's just looked great over the course of these six games. And he's been a really important part of this this defense. And uh, obviously, it's nice to get that pick six, which really, I think, turned the tide of the game early in the early in the contest because uh, it looked like Arizona was going to stick around a little bit longer than he wanted him to. But he really turned it and just played really well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you were wondering whether or not he'd be you know, an all pro, at least a pro bowler, I mean, leading the league with 20 pass breakups entering the game. And you know, the thing is, is that fans who vote, they look at interceptions. So, I mean, like, hey, guess what? You have two. That'll that'll certainly help your cause. And uh, yeah, no, he's he's been money, Mooney, <laughs> whatever he wants to call it. Money, but, Mooney. Yeah, yeah. Money, money, Mooney was fantastic. So super happy for him, too. Yeah, for sure. And that actually reminds me, we didn't even talk about like the number of, I don't know if you, you've saw the, uh, the voting for the pro bowl and like how many 49ers are in the top 10 (laughs) at their respective positions. It's like, (laughs) I I don't know how many positions there actually are, but like, there's gotta be like 80, 80% of them had 49ers in there. And it's just, it's like nuts. Like this is, this, this is a really good football team, man. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the one downside, and this is kind of the part that I do laugh about it, and it, it's that since there's not a game, and, and and I don't really care, but like you don't get the alternates right. as much like you used to, and I and I and I right. kind of laugh because sometimes an alternate player deserves it, right? Um, and then sometimes an alternate player really doesn't. Yeah, I remember Mitchell Trubisky was a 
pro bowler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that, that happened. I think they literally, they were like going down the list. It was 2018, I think. And they're like, Hey, we're running out of quarterbacks <laughs> to play the game. Nobody wants to play. Hey, Mitch, what are you up to? Nothing. Cool. You want to be a pro bowler? Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you, you, you hope some of these guys like Eric Armstead and, and, and Mooney Ward and, um, you know, Dre Greenlaw wind up getting their first Pro Bowl nods because they certainly deserve it. It's just, you know, I don't know if there's going to be enough um, yeah. to get them through. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely keep an eye on that because the, the fan voting is only part of it. Obviously, coaches and players vote as well, so that makes a difference as well. So, all right, well, back to the game. Uh, um, so, obviously, they gave up 29 points, which is not, like, super good. Um, but I think the... Uh, the specific focus of the thing we didn't like, I think I, I, I'm anticipating that we're going to share it, but Peter, I'll let you uh, kick us off and maybe I'll be wrong. Oh uh, yeah. I, I mean, they, they probably are going to segue right into each other. They're so hand in glove related, but um, you know, the Cardinals actually had more net yards than the Niners. They had 436 net yards. 49ers had 406. Um, a big reason was the run defense. And, you know, I, I wrote about this in advance of the game saying this is potentially a problem, uh, especially with Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave being out. Um, and the Cardinals love to run the ball. I think I can't remember what they were averaging entering the game um, off the top of my head, but they were third best in, in yards per carry. So they like to run the ball. You got Kyler Murray, uh, Josh Dobbs before that, when he was there, um, James Connor, who's, a good running back. I won't say he's elite, but he's good. Um, and they love to run, you know, and, and especially when you're a team who's going to be trailing a lot, um, you know, against superior opponents, like you want to run the ball a lot just so you can keep an offense off the field. But I mean, gosh, the Cardinals were averaging what I think like, like over six yards of carry in the game and picked up, um, it was closer to eight, I think. Eight yards of carry. Yeah, they're 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 <laughs> averaging six six yards per play. Um, yeah. You know, and then almost like what was it? Yeah, seven point eight yards per carry, two hundred thirty four rush yards, and that was the most rush yards the 49ers have given up in a game, I think, since like twenty seventeen. They said it on the CBS broadcast. Yeah, it was against the Cowboys in twenty seventeen. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, jeez, all right, okay. Now again, Armstead was out. Hargrave was out. Fred Warner had an uncharacteristically bad game when it came to tackling. I think that's probably what you're going to get into tackling. But at least for me, it was just that run defense. And granted, the Cardinals, I even tweeted about this during the game, saying, like, you know, the Cardinals are probably going to run pretty heavily over the 49ers. They might have a really good run game day. Pound for pound, they don't have the talent to stay in it for a shootout. um, And they didn't. Um, But stat-wise, it's probably going to skew some things that's going to make the 49ers defense look not that great. So, Run defense for me was something that was kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, I think it's one of those things that the, the, the run defense has been kind of like sneaky okay this season in spite of the fact that the some of the numbers make it look a lot better than it is. Some of that comes down to like game situations, right? They just weren't getting run on very often because, as you said, when you get up two, three scores – four scores sometimes <laughs> against some of these teams. They're just like, well, we can't run the ball anymore. Like we just got to pass the ball 50 times. And so that probably helps some of it, as you noted, um, missing Armstead and Howard Grave this game probably couldn't have helped. And it, it, and, and, and you're right. I was, I was going to jump on the, the tackling. I, I, I actually wrote about this and how it was a problem um, for this game and how it 
couldn't continue to be a problem uh, against Baltimore because Baltimore is kind of like the, and I'm sure that we'll talk about this uh, for the preview later in the week. Baltimore is like, if they're the Cardinals, if the Cardinals were a lot better in a lot of ways, like there's, there's a lot of similarities between those two teams in terms of the offense, the way that it's structured, both teams like to run the ball, but both teams can throw the ball if they need to. Obviously, I'm not saying that Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson are the same player, but Lamar Jackson is a significantly better version of what Kyler Murray, I think, what they would want him to be, right? Um, but the, the the other difference is <clears throat> the defense uh, for Baltimore is much better than Arizona's, but we'll, we don't have to get into that. But um, I think this is the third straight game. The 49ers have missed more than 10 tackles, I think. I think it was at 16 is the number that I saw, according to PFF. Um, it's not what you want. Um, like you said, some of that was uncharacteristic. Uh, if you think of like the, the, the Amari DiMarcado, uh, long touchdown run late in the game. <laughs> I, I, I mentioned this in the, in the, the article that I wrote, they had him dead to rights like three or four times. And the, the, the place that the, the run started made absolutely zero sense how he squeezed out of there and, and scored like Fred Warner should have had him in like one yard deep, uh, maybe at the line of scrimmage, maybe a yard gain. Uh, I think Randy Gregory missed, missed him on the backside. And then he just kind of shot past Dre Greenlaw and Al Ranjai Brown. And there he was, and there he was gone. Um, so it's something that the Niners are going to have to pay attention to because Baltimore will gash them up if they can't tackle better for sure. Yeah. And that's, you know, it gets back to fundamentals. I'm sure that'll be a coaching point this week. Um, it might be the coaching point period. Just like, Hey, look, you know, just to get back to training camp type basics. Um, you know, I've never played organized football and there's proper procedures to tackling. And I'm not going to try to pretend that I'm the expert on what technique needs to be done there. But, um, I'd expect that to be a focal point. You've heard a lot of the 49ers, including Fred Warner mention it in their post game pressers. Like, yeah, this needs to be a lot better and cleaned up and we'll get to it. And that'll be that. So, um, you know, good news. I mean, there's the extra day for San Francisco, so they'll have a little bit of a chance to rest up and and prepare and what have you. I mean, you could say the same thing about Baltimore, but they also have to travel. So, booyah. Right. <laughs> booyah, indeed. And they actually had a little bit, they'll have a little bit of a shorter week because they played Sunday night as opposed to Sunday afternoon. So that makes, that makes a little bit of a difference. And then the travel and everything, too. So, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but, yeah, uh, I don't... <laughs> Man, that that game is going to be, as you've mentioned a couple of times, a, a lot of fun to talk about. I am not super excited. I think this that's it's going to be a great Monday night Christmas Day game for neutrals. For those of us who care, I don't know, man. I think I'm just <laughs> a little nervous about it, but we don't have to get into that right now. Um, all right. Well, uh, so Peter, we're 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 gonna. I, I think unless you have any final things to say about the Arizona game, I think we're going to go ahead and transition into our not so maybe secret special guest that we've been alluding to throughout the uh the, the episode so um did you have any final thoughts about arizona before we transition into it let's chat about our guest he, he, he's going to talk about a few things about why the offense is so explosive and why brock purdy and chris mccaffrey are so cool oh well there you go all right well um I, th- I think we can we can officially say at this point so uh peter had an opportunity to 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 chat with 49ers tight end george kittle um, which I must say, I continue to be, uh, to just like, you know, 
Peter gets all the fun, the fun talks to all the cool people. Um, but uh, there you go. But uh, let's go ahead and move into that conversation uh, with uh, Peter and George Kittle, and um, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up on the on the back end of it. I got a special guest here on the Niner Noise podcast, George Kittle, who is kind enough to sit down with us, and he's partnering up with Alka-Seltzer and Alka-Seltzer Plus. George, how you doing? Tell us uh, a little bit of what you got going on with Alka-Seltzer and Alka-Seltzer Plus. Hey, man. Well, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely thrilled to have you, and I just kind of think to myself as I'm fighting a cold that uh, I could use some of this Alka-Seltzer, so your partnership's brand new. I want to hear a little bit about it. You know what, man? I think Alka-Seltzer cold and flu could help you out. Just saying. And thanks for the free plug right there. But, um, you know, really, I've been a huge fan of Alka-Seltzer. I've actually used the product for like over 10 years now. I used it, you know, pretty heavily in college. You know, it helped me out through some groggy mornings. But um, everyone kind of knows that I like to have a great time on and off the football field, uh, which is why I'm really excited to partner with Alka-Seltzer because they're trying to help fans say yes to going big on Sundays and game days without any unwanted symptoms, you know, kind of holding them back. And so I just want everyone to, <clears throat> I want everyone to have a good time. And so Alka-Seltzer just wants to have your back and also wants everyone to have a good time. So, you know, that's it's just a kind of a no-brainer for me to just kind of work with Alka-Seltzer. Yeah, I can definitely attest to that right now, dealing with a little bit of a head cold, wanting to go out and have a good time instead, trying to deal with this. So <laughs> definitely appreciate the plug, and it's going to be something I think we'll I'll probably have to go pick up. So, all right. Hey, this I is, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, and, and the hat tip is fantastic too. So, well, all right, this season's been fantastic. Obviously, every 49er fan can look at this. Brandon Ayuk's over 1,000 yards receiving. Debo is nearing 1,000 yards you know, from scrimmage. You're close to 1,000 yards. It's a major testament to the talent that you guys all have, but it also speaks to the selfless nature. I mean, everybody's getting involved in one way or another. How would you describe that dynamic right now, and how is it that you feed off each other so well? Um, you know what? You look back and kind of the whole offseason, everyone's like, well, there's so many mouths to feed, like, are you ever going to be upset if you only have a one target or, you know, a couple targets, not a lot of, you know, opportunities. And I think everyone's on this team has just done such a great job of just been so focused on, you know, all we really want to do is win. And when you're on a winning football team, the stats and the accolades and all that kind of stuff goes with it. And everyone's going to get their day. You know, Debo's had days of 150 yards. I've had days of 150. Ayuk's had days of 150. You know, Jawan Jennings has his day of, you know, 75 and a touchdown, you know, every third down catch possible. McCaffrey, it's always McCaffrey's day. Um, <laughs> that's just always it. But, like, everyone just believes in each other and believes, that, you know, hey, we're going to get these ops when, you know, when, whenever they come, and I'm just going to have to take advantage of them. And it's just, it's really fun. And I wouldn't say it's not, like, competitive between the guys. It might be a little bit, but everyone just really wants everyone else to succeed because we're just having such a fun time doing it. And, you know, this, it's, we're playing at a really high level. Uh, Brock's playing at a high level and delivering the ball to us. And, you know, Coach Shanahan's got him in his bag right now and just kind of feeling the game plans. And so he just he's feeling the best ways to get his guys the ball. And we're just kind of taking advantage of that. Yeah, it's pretty evident. I mean, just anybody who just watches the game, you know, not even looking at stat sheets or whatever can see that. So speaking of one guy who just seems to have a day every day, Christian McCaffrey, he's been amazing since coming over last year. How has he made your life easier, both as a top receiving threat and as a blocker? I know you love to run block for him. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot that goes into that, actually. I would say 
the things that Christian uh, you know brings to the table. Well, one besides being like MVP caliber talent uh, every single day, what Christian can do like in the pass game, and which it's really fun to see that what he does in the pass game, just because defenses don't really know how to cover him very well. Because well, <clears throat> are you gonna if he lines up out wide, are you gonna leave a corner on him, and then you're gonna leave a safety on Ayuk or Debo? Or are you going to, you know, put a safety on him, you leave a linebacker on me? Um, he just causes a lot of mismatch problems. And then it's like, okay, well, we'll just leave a linebacker on Christian. Uh, good luck for that. The dude runs the dude runs all these little short routes, and he also does, you know, longer routes. But he does use those quick-cutting choice routes, and no one can really cover him on it. And so he just – he's he, it's very difficult to get anyone to be able to stay with him. And then, okay, are you going to double-team him to take away his in-breaking choice route and you have someone on his outside? Well, then I use people and George all have one-on-ones. And I, I like our odds in those. I like our odds in those situations. And then in the run game, the fun thing with Christian is he's just gotten he's gotten so much better since we got him last year about running outside zone with this offense and the way that we coach it. Um, just like how he attacks, uh, you know, the outside leg of the tight end on outside zones. So then he winds that outside linebacker a little bit, and then last second he cuts up right beside, or like right behind, and it just makes it sets up those blocks and makes it a lot easier to block for him. And, even when the tight ends and the tackles and the guards and center, when they're all tied in with the running back and the running back gets out to run that, it uh, it makes the run game significantly easier. And there's not everyone's really good at that, but when you can combine Christian's speed and his vision with that and his ability, his balance and his cutting and all that stuff, it's just it, it, it's so much fun because it might be an outside zone to the left side, but then all of a sudden he's cutting back behind the right behind the right tackle just because he's reading it so well. And it's just, when you have a guy that can do everything, it makes it makes my life really easy and really fun. Yeah, and I guess that kind of just speaks to the testament of the weapons that are around there. And, and you hear you know Kyle Shanahan talk about him being you know a Steph Curry-like player who can just open up things everywhere else. And you just describe that. I mean, it's 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 pretty fun to watch. And, you I, know, it's it's a ballet that's I just insane. I think he called him Steph Curry. He called him Steph Curry because he's the shortest guy on the field. <laughs> yeah, I think he's my height. The good old... Hey, us 5'11 people are doing okay. I uh, know. I had to say that. We'll hang in there. Oh, <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, all right. So I 20... give him a hard time once in a while. Right. Hey, hey, short people are people too, right? We're okay. <laughs> so 20... <laughs> 2019 was a rad season. 2021, 2022, going to the NFC Championship game. Those are great. But this year just feels different. You know, like, what are, what are you seeing as being different from the previous Niners years that were super successful? What's the vibe like this year that's that hasn't maybe necessarily been there before? look on the outside look, looking in I would say the thing that looks most different is we're scoring a lot of points per game we're scoring a lot we're like 30s plus almost every single game um, and I have not been on an offense that has done that consistently all the time and it's really fun I mean, the more touchdowns you get the more opportunities everyone else gets to score touchdowns it's, it's great for the boys um, but the, that's when like my one thing is like I haven't been in, on a team that's won a lot of games by multiple scores, you know. And like you want to win gritty games, like you want to you know want to be able to win in any way. You want to be able to win three to zero if you need to. You want to be able to win forty six to forty three. But like when you're just constantly putting up a lot of points, it's it's good. The offense is clicking. Uh, the defense is doing its job. I mean, our defense is playing at a really high level too, which is really fun. Um, but like that's just what I, I what I just put. That's the one thing that that's the biggest difference to me. Besides, you know, Chris McCaffrey being really good, Brock Purdy's playing really well, our lines playing like everyone's playing well. It's just we're scoring a lot of points, and that's that's been the biggest difference to me. 
Yeah, and, and and you see it's like rolling out of bed and scoring 30 points a game or 35 points a game, and it's it's like, wow, okay, this is pretty exciting to see. And one of the guys who's obviously responsible for a lot of that, Brock Purdy, um, you know, here we are. He's been starting for over a year now, if you count just the kind of the term length going back to last season. Still, people like, you know, Cam Newton saying he's a game manager. You're around him daily. You're fully aware of what he's done. You know, why do you think there's still people who are doubting him, even though he's going out there and just performing at the highest of highest levels, first in like every passing category that's significant? Why are there so many doubts still, do you think? Um, I think there's two reasons that people doubt him. One is that um, a lot of the media might doubt him because it's good for their clicks because Niners fans are fantastic and they're very loyal to its players and its this franchise. And so when people talk kind of crap about Brock Purdy, you have hundreds of thousands of Niners fans coming to his defense. And so that's very good for their, uh, their traffic to their pages. Um, and I literally think they're just doing that just to do that. And uh, the other reason is, Hey, he has a lot of good, he has a lot of good teammates around him, but you know, most, most quarterbacks when they're playing well have really good players around them. So, I think people are just looking for excuses to not give Purdy the credit that he deserves at this point. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. That's a pretty spot on from what I would think too. So, all right, George, I know you've got plenty of things to do today. It's going to be a busy day for you, but uh, who's the second funniest guy in the, the Niners locker room behind you? Ooh, see, that's good. That's, that's a good one. Um, Cause I know you got I the lead. Trent Williams is pretty, Trent Williams is pretty hysterical. Um, he just kind of holds his own court. Did you guys, did you see that photo of him? He has like his own VIP club access yeah. to his lockers now. <laughs> that's he's hilarious. The only person has three lockers in the locker room. Yeah, <laughs> but he kind of it's right by the basketball hoop, and so he kind of holds court over there. And it's always enjoyable just hearing him kind of talk trash to everybody because Trent's kind of a lethal shooter. It's pretty awesome. He's got he got maybe the best shot on the team. There we go. All right, all right. So we get some inside knowledge into the 49ers locker room. So George number one in terms of uh, locker room humor, and then we got Trent Williams right behind it. So, hey, George, again, tell us a little bit, just as uh, as we say goodbye and thank you again, a little bit about Alka-Seltzer and uh, where people can find out more. Oh, I can do that. No, guys, get on there. You need anything, you need any help after, you know, celebrating the 49ers clinching the NFC West, go get some Alka-Seltzer. It's going to make you feel good. If you, you know, if you got any symptoms coming on, go get some Alka-Seltzer cold and flu. You're going to feel... Like it's it's just going to be very helpful and beneficial to you. So you know, go into your local store, go snag some, and you might even see me in there. You never know. You never know. Well, George, hey, I can't thank you enough. This has been fantastic. So appreciate you coming on again, George Kittle. um, Hey, best of luck. But best of luck the rest of the season, and uh, we're going to be pulling for you a long way away. All right. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. To the one, the only, George Kittle for joining us here on the Niner Noise podcast. Um, my only regret is I didn't get to talk to him myself, but thanks to uh, Peter and uh, everybody else at Fansided for offering that interview to us and uh, for the opportunity to do that. And so I hope that you enjoyed that, and I hope that you're looking forward to this holiday season and hopefully to another 49ers win. But, um, as always, thanks for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And, of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So, until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.